What's good, Offset listeners? Thanks for joining us on our second episode of the Offset Podcast. My name is Aaron Noor, hip-hop dancer turned healthcare professional, and I will be your host. In today's episode, I'm happy to share the mic with Dylan Nguyen and Robert Tsai. These fellows are filled with extensive knowledge about the breaking community and give insight to the common challenges b-boys and b-girls face when it comes to keeping their body ready for practices, battles, and competitions. All right, do you guys want to introduce yourself? All right, my name is Rob. Um, I have just completed my Doctor of Physical Therapy education at Chapman University. Woo! Um, currently in the process of studying for my board exams, so that's kind of eating up most of my time right now. But um, I started, let's see, where did I begin? Well, I'm originally from Taipei, Taiwan, and that's where I started breaking. And after high school, I came out to Southern California for college, and I was a dance minor when I was at Chapman University. Um, where would I start from? Make sure you speak into the mic. Um, oh, yeah. We got. Uh, oh, okay. So uh, I'm originally from Taipei, Taiwan. I started breaking when I was in high school there. Um, and then when I came out to college here in Southern California, I actually went to Chapman University for my undergraduate studies as well, but I ended up being a dance minor. So while I was there, I got to train a little bit in ballet, jazz, and modern. And then after college, I decided to pursue um, some work in the commercial dance industry. So that's where I did. I ended up do, doing mostly break-in, but then that's where all the choreography and whatnot ABDC Instant Noodles crew. Oh, back in the day. Back in the day, <laughs> wild time. Wild times. Um, but eventually, I think um, I had the opp- I had a lot of opportunity to teach as well, and I think ultimately, um, you know, I loved performing and I loved being on stage. But I think what I loved most was being able to see change and growth in my students. Shout out to Aaron when he was fourteen. Oh yeah. Um, <laughs> So I, I think, you know, as, as a teacher, that inspired me the most, just to see how movement changed people and to see how people could be inspired by movement to be, you know, to be better or to achieve things greater than themselves. So I think um, going into physical therapy was a step deeper into that, where, you know, instead of teaching people how to dance, now you're trying to teach people how to walk, how to run. Um, but yeah, but even with all that, I think staying relevant to dancing and dancers has always been the main intention. So um, even through schooling, I've tried to keep up with research and in dance injuries, uh, try to participate and present at conferences, mm-hmm. um, dealing with dance health and dance wellness, and then trying to keep up with everyone like you guys, <laughs> you know, stay in the scene and um, stay relevant, but most importantly, stay up to date with everything that's happening so we can get this message of dance wellness and dance health out, you know, regardless of population, regardless of dance style. Can we just get an applaud? Just a round of applause. Oh, <laughs> Wait, that's the wrong one. No, I'm kidding. We got, we got laughter on the side for <clears throat> in case you guys don't laugh at our jokes. Man, we he's got... not even the producer. <laughs> All right, Dylan. All right, hey guys, I'm Dylan. I am currently dancing in my eighth year right now. It gets pretty blurred uh, once you get past the five-year mark. <laughs> but I've been 
I'm a b-boy, uh, also working in the tech industry. I've graduated from Cal Poly Pomona with a CS degree, uh, computer science for in people who don't know that acronym, uh, last winter. So it's still fairly new, still fairly fresh. And you know, dancing is always still fresh to me every single day. Uh, it's a constant like learning process, especially when it comes to breaking, seeing all the young guns, all the kids do moves that are like 10 times crazier. So for me, it's a lot of more of a creative um, challenge to push myself further and evolve with the same kind of intensity as the kids but you know on my own path which is what you know was inspired from b-boy meno and i just introduced b-boy meno when my introduction that's kind of funny <laughs> <laughs> shout outs to uh, meno crazy man but uh yeah i've been breaking for the longest time uh I would say eight years. It's been more consistent recently, so I've been really proud of that for myself, just to be able to train um, on a week-to-week -week basis. And I've also dabbled in some choreography, so I was on GRV for half a season and some project teams in the summer, like in UCI and whatnot. Uh, but beyond that, my after dabbling in both choreography and in the urban scene, which is a whole other topic we can talk about, and the breaking scene, I would say Breaking is my number one right now, and it's it's something that I really want to keep doing, uh, whether it be, if I can, maybe go as close to professional as possible, but otherwise, keep it in my life and keep it active as long as I, you know, can walk. Yeah, dude, that's awesome, man. You know, I'm sure if you were to, this is kind of a random question, but I'm sure it's not so random for the people listening, that if you were to recommend... Uh, people to Google, YouTube, watch videos of, of to get like a really clear idea of kind of what current breaking looks like. What would you say? I would say check out Stance Elements on Instagram or <laughs> Stance on YouTube. Um, yeah, a lot of crazy people there. Uh, they film both in like, man, I'm advertising for Stance. We're, Dude, we're not even sponsored. Hey, Stance. Yeah, <laughs> here. Okay. Shout out to Stance Elements. <laughs> But yeah, uh, Stance, they keep up like pretty well with a lot of um, current events, uh, both international and on the local scene in the U.S. But uh, at least in the local scene here, uh, check out like Dominic, Dominic Holmes, um, All Savvy TV on YouTube. Shout out to him. He's, got, he's very current and gets very sick angles um, where <laughs> he sits on the b-boy circle. So. so How about you, Rob? Me, dang, that's crazy, man. I feel like whenever we talk about, whenever we talk about, you know, accessibility to jams and like video footage and right. things like that, like because I grew up, I grew up in, I grew up in Taiwan. So then, you know, this I started breaking in '99, and this was like VHS tape days. Oh, so snap. we would be, well, we wouldn't even know a jam hadn't even occurred until like the tape came out, and you're watching and you're like, wow, this is amazing. When was this? Like, oh, this was. I think we saw, uh, let's see, 99, the first the first break-in video I ever watched was Battle of the Year 97, and Battle we saw that year, in yeah. 99, mm. 2000, so that was my freshman year in high school. Um, so for me, my inspirations were part of that, what a lot of people refer to, like the golden era of, of break-in, so this was uh, Style and its crew, Hadakoro, Massive Monkeys. Mm -hmm. um, right. B boys like Remind, Crumbs, J Rock. Yeah, yeah. Um, Poe po One's still relevant. He's mm -hmm. still teaching a lot of workshops. Um, Moy from Hevacoro now, you know, doing stuff with Monster. Um, 
Yeah, I mean the list goes on and on, but right, the, right. those were those were my inspirations. <laughs> so it's yeah, so it's it's crazy to see like, you know, well this jam happened yesterday in Europe and That's we right. can watch it today in America. Like, that still blows my mind. Live stream nowadays too. It is. It's <coughs> like, like, I guess oh, that's yeah. kind of like globalization of like dance and you know. It, things just come out so quickly nowadays that it's easy to see what's out there who's who you have to challenge and kind of advance um as as far as your craft is concerned you know because mm -hmm. you know the content's out there people are putting out stuff and a lot of with the globalization also comes the kind of melding and meshing of styles where before like because of the limited access it's very easy to see the different styles that people had around the world when it comes to you know meeting people at the actual jams because you know you don't see those people dance you can't really copy anyone except the people in the local area so when you come on the international scene it's like damn these guys are hella different but nowadays a lot of people dance very similarly so it gets it's both cool and also kind of it puts a damper on a lot of like the creativity that people can push for when mm. you know with that ease of access that everyone has nowadays but I think to some extent that almost challenges everybody more to to create a style that is unique or to create a style that can be recognized uh, apart from others so um, one thing that a lot of people used to talk about and one thing that I remember too is you know you could tell the difference between a, a b-boy from Seattle versus a b-boy from Florida versus like a regional difference. yeah like yeah. a b-boy from France or mm -hmm. um, and you would, you know, based off of either their movement vocabulary or even just like your general attitude, you could kind of get a get an idea of like where they were from. I'm not saying that that's not relevant now, but I'm saying that with everything, you know, we, we can say that like, oh, everything's very similar. Everyone's kind of doing the same things. But now, I guess as a, as a culture, that's where the, the child or as a individual within this culture, that's where your challenge would come in would be like okay right if everything if the playing level or if the playing field is seemingly level then mm -hmm. it's like you know what do i need to do to stand out it's not just within a region anymore now it's that's just true. for everybody yeah but that's just me at this point coming from a much more like outsider <laughs> perspective so all right so let's uh let's funnel let's funnel back in and i know you touched a little bit on this rob for the listeners out there, can you share about, you know, how did you get started into breaking and did you know you always wanted to become a b-boy or did that come on later in life? So for myself, it was, like I said, this was before YouTube days and so everything we saw, if it wasn't on a VHS tape, it was going to be on a commercial or in a mm -hmm. movie or something. So. Um, two of the more vivid memories I remember of Breakin' is one I saw it was a really brief clip of a guy doing just a very simple hand spin in a commercial and the second one was in sixth grade um, there was this kid in who was my year his name was Baron Sanders he is now a mathematics professor at UC Santa Barbara, I think. Damn. Yeah. <laughs> I, I just, I just like randomly like found him the other day on Facebook. Anyway, so um, I saw him do coffee grinders at like a dance in the sixth grade. <laughs> and I was like, where, what is that? That's incredible. And so um, that was like my initial like. Your spark. The spark into it, I suppose. That's and how then, you make coffee. <laughs> exactly. And then um, I had a couple other friends too that um, 
were also interested. So we all just kind of started messing around at the same time. And then, you know, someone got a tape here, another person got a tape here, and we all started kind of uh, building our b-boy library, I suppose. Wow. But that's how it kind of started. But it was it honestly just started as like messing around. You saw something that was interesting. And like I grew up in Taiwan, so like, you know, Hong Kong martial arts movies oh, yeah. were like all over mm-hmm. the place on TV all the time. And you just kind of like copy and like pick up on things. Um, my parents wouldn't let me take martial arts because they thought <laughs> I was just going to go around and like beat people up. They just, <laughs> That's always <laughs> too dangerous. Yeah, yeah exactly. You know, they're just like, no, yeah. keep the peace, keep the peace. Nah. But um, so I, I never really had like a, f- uh, I had a physical outlet. I played a lot of sports, but a, not so much a creative outlet, I suppose. Mm. So I think break-in really filled that aspect and it's um i would say like in different in different uh moments in my life it's served different purposes Mm. it's fulfilled different parts of what um i was seeking to fulfill as a i won't say as an artist i don't as a mover shall we say um so uh as far as you know did i ever think that did i ever think oh uh yeah i definitely want to be a b-boy or (laughs) I want b-boying to be like my thing like not really you just kind of keep doing it until one day you realize you're neck deep in it and you're like oh wait how did this how did this happen yeah well, i'm still like that I'm I don't know. <laughs> yeah i mean i mean that's the that's the way life goes i mean do we ever uh decide i mean i guess to some extent we do decide we want to do something but yeah as with something like breaking it's like you just you just happen to keep going and then one day you sit back and realize like wow it's been you know this many years and I've learned this many lessons and all right this is part of me let's keep going that's true someone could have just thrown tango at you and you picked it up <laughs> yeah <laughs> very true you know or like you know what if I had found if I hadn't found breaking but what if I had found um modern dance or ballet first mm-hmm. right, right I might be I I mean I'm, I might have been in a completely different scene but I still might have found my way back to physical therapy uh, you never know that's true all right how about you Dylan you just need a mic so that I'm like, it's even across all of us. Mm-hmm. Okay. But yeah, you know, funny thing, I was actually scared to dance for the longest time when I was a kid because I oh, remember, wh- okay, I was like, maybe, I was actually around 11, 12 years old. Okay. So it was like not too hmm. young, but young enough where like you're very impressionable. Oh yeah, well right? kids are Don't really say. mean at that age. Yeah. Right? So it was like, I'm sorry for my uncle, but like, you saw with my uncle. So he was... He's a wild man. I'm just gonna say that. <laughs> like he he dances, he does things. Like I'm like, why? Like I'm a very mellow person. He's like the opposite of mellow. So when it comes to like parties and all that, he dresses up in these costumes and he like just goes wild and like. Yo, and I respect you, that. Do you guys get hype on Paris by night? Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that, that's that's the Viet party life right there. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, but he he was. A little too wild for like my my own like personal like preferences so when it comes to like dance like i usually i walked into a studio one day and i remember my sister was actually dancing and she was taking class at a it wasn't i'm trying to remember fine arts near diamond bar or in diamond bar right mm-hmm. old studio i don't know if it's still there anyway i was there and i saw that all the dance classes had i would say 95 percent girls there's a very certain image that you gotta hold up when you were a kid 
it's not a great image, but you got to hold up some kind of image or else you can be teased. So I was like, man, that's kind of scary. Like, you know, all these girls dancing, but they, no guy wants to dance. I'm like, okay. And then my uncle, being the wild man he is, kind of scared me out of, out of dancing for quite some time until I actually came into uh, high school and my friends introduced me to freestylers huh. or freestyling, right? And we had a club in Dunbar High School called Freestylers with a Z, as obnoxious as it is. It's still one of the deep. coolest things like back in the day. Yeah, right? it's got some deep history, man. Oh yeah. Franklin, I see you out there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I started with freestylers uh, and my, I was actually pushed in by my friend. And at that time, I only knew a little bit about the freestyling scene, whether it be like hip hop, popping, locking, anything in general of that nature, right? So I was in the scene and they pushed me into the circle. I was like, oh God, what do I do? I've seen people do tutting videos. So I was like, okay, I'm gonna try to tut. And then at that time, I also was taking gymnastic lessons. So I did know how to do some like stunts and whatnot or, mm -hmm. or tumbling stuff. So I was like, okay, I don't know anything else after that. Tried to do a really bad six step and just flipped. And it was like, everyone was like, whoa, what the hell? This guy just did a backflip. It was like, damn. I was like, okay. And that was the start <laughs> of my, my freestyling breaking career because I always kind of saw myself, at least in terms of hip hop, more towards the breaking scene rather than like the popping locking kind of scene yeah more of especially body shape and the strength that i had i felt like it would be better used for you know breaking that was the start when i was like okay i'm gonna learn something from breaking and windmills was the first thing not six step not footwork you just windmills went, you went like, straight to the power i went straight to the power <laughs> and then wasted no time right and in i think a matter of a few months I was able to get a few and like that was kind of the start and eventually you know, as more and more time passed, I got introduced to things like, you know, urban, the urban dance scene in college. And also like just going back, like in high school, still in high school, that, that was like when I got really involved with like our high school dance team, down our all male, shout out to them. <clears throat> Jeff. <laughs> hey Jeff. But <laughs> too many shout outs. What am I, I doing? Like, I'm sponsoring everyone's <laughs> God. Uh, so that, so the high school dance team, that was when like I was introduced to other styles like popping, locking, uh, I guess, you know, the femme sexy, like male dancing, like those sexy ladies on stage when you were a kid because everyone had to do a sexy piece. I don't know why, but everyone did. <laughs> oh, so Rob just pulled up a picture of his friend that's the mathematics professor. Oh my God. He's a b-boy? UC Santa Cruz. No. Oh, okay. But he, he was the first person I ever saw do a coffee grinder. Coffee oh, grinder. Yeah, yeah. yeah. As you were saying. All right. For a long time, like, I never really focused down on, like, breaking until later, like, within the recent past, like, two, three years. Because I guess over time from high school to college, it was a lot of finding myself and finding, like, what I really wanted to invest myself in in terms of dance. And, of course, you know, the usual life hits you like a train out of nowhere sometimes. Mm -hmm. But afterwards, like, like, I just doubled down and eventually focused, like, hey, I really want to get really good at breaking and, you know. Here I am now, like a couple power moves later and more footwork and been just sessioning at France and also like finding out and learning more about the jams, the people involved in it, as well as just the people in the community. And it may be intimidating at first because like breaking is it's not a nice scene sometimes. It can be very scary for a lot of new people, but even for me, like who's been in it for like quite some time, once you get to know the people, it's actually really cool and like everyone like mm -hmm. wants to get better but also you know bring people up with them if uh what what can someone expect if they were to try and go out to a jam or a cypher or kind of a community event what would it kind of look like 
I mean, there's plenty of opportunities to, I think, to go to. I mean, not just jams, but there's a lot of practice sessions, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, we, we used to... Well, when I first came to Chapman, um, I didn't have a car, so the closest place we could go to was this old session spot in Santa Ana called Youth Aflame. Um, I'm not sure if that rings any more bells with this current <laughs> generation, but it was like a, it was like an old practice spot. Youth of Flames. Youth of Flame. Wow. Yeah, Santa Ana. Um, and you know, we used to. It was it was close enough that we could like, I could like ride my bike there. Right. You know, but um, but yeah, it was like you know, I remember going there, and it was like the first time I had gone to a practice session um, here in California. And, you know, obviously, like, everyone was, like, very welcoming. Everyone's, like, very supportive. And some of the, some of the people I met there um, are, are people I still kind of, like, keep up with every now and then and wow. see. Uh, shout out to Suicide Kings, who used to be Forks and Spoons. <laughs> Wait, yeah. what? Yeah, they spoons. used to be a crew called Forks and Spoons. Or Sporks. Or Sporks, yeah. <laughs> And then there's another group, but I can't remember right now. Yeah, there's a whole bunch. Um, anyway, it's, it's really cool to see everyone go off into their own thing right now, you know, in our adult lives. But um, going back to the going back to your question, uh, there's a lot of practice spots. I feel like m- more often than not, people are willing to to teach or like you know show you something. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, it's it's kind of weird because I feel like I. Um, my, I mean, my experience was, like, very different. It's, like, we, we came in already kind of... Well, we came in, we just, like, started battling. It's, like, I almost came in because I was, like, ignorant to everything. It's, like, I didn't really know what was going on. <laughs> I'm just going to do what I'm going to do. Yeah. You know, and now that I look back on it, I was, like, yeah, that might have been kind of silly. But, um, no, for the most part, I feel like everyone's been very supportive. And then I think there's also a very established collegiate scene now, mm-hmm. too. That's true. So... Um, and then the fact that there's the whole, uh, was it Schools for Fools? Yeah, or to, they rebranded it to UCBL or Uni- Unified Collegiate Breaking League, yeah. at least to be more official than, ha, Schools for Fools. Schools for Fools, <laughs> yeah, because I, I went to the first Schools for Fools in like, God, was it like 2008, 2007? It's been some time. Yeah. It's been some time. Something like that. Um, but it, it's it's cool that there's a, I guess a kind of like, in the context of college students, you know. Um, right. There, there's that like subculture of, of break-in within college students. Mm-hmm. So in, in that club environment, it's like fun. No one has to be like serious or anything. But I think also in the underground scene, it's like, you know, everyone, everyone's got to start somewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if that, I don't know if that fear or nervousness ever goes away. I think I still feel that, you know, if I go to a practice spot or if I go to a jam, there's always a part of me that's always like, you know, trying to stay up on your A game or whatever my yeah. A game is yeah, yeah. now. <laughs> I mean, you're still showing that like <clears throat> part of yourself, like you said, that creative aspect. You know, that's that's your style. You don't know how people are going to react to it. I mean, if that's something that you're thinking about already, or if you're just trying to just go out there and you know practice some of your own moves and techniques. But uh, yeah, I don't know. You could probably elaborate a lot more on it, Dylan. Yeah, I, well, I have been practicing consistently, so it, uh, that might give me some merit of you know explaining this. But yeah, I like going off Rob on what he said about like the slight, you know, the antsiness or the anxiety that you feel like when going to, especially if it's like a new place, a new practice spot, or just a place where you know you can't just you know do whatever you want because there is a certain air of uh, I guess 
depending on the group, a standard that you kind of go towards when it comes to style of breaking too. Because I know for especially not not like calling anyone out or anything like that, but what at least from what I've seen, especially with a lot of people who come out from Long Beach, they're a lot more um, in in a sense raw, or it's just, it's a lot more being in the moment and just like the intensity of the breaking and the feeling within that moment of the music, but also in the b boy. Mm-hmm. Whereas like for us, like say if you're practicing at home, you don't really you're alone, so you don't really have that like, same kind of intensity, and it's a lot more comfortable. So you kind of you're willing to kind of explore more in terms of like what moves you can do or what you can push in terms of your own creativity but when it comes down to you know being with other people that kind of creativity can be limited sometimes especially because like say you're not comfortable like pushing that or maybe it won't look good to someone else when you think it feels good to yourself you know there's always like an element of competition yeah yeah it's like oh I gotta gotta pull what I know I can pull rather than just you know have fun with it and that's like a a lot of what like I personally try trying been trying to do more lately which is uh, just have fun and just dance rather than try just constantly run a single set or run a single move and be able to, you know, experiment more with, and that also like help, would help like in terms of just being in a jam or like future jams and competing, it makes it easier and puts the anxiety in a much lower and insignificant state so that you can actually be more and become more like later on. Yeah. You think that sounds, sounds existential, <laughs> but point being, yeah, like the more you put yourself out there in both, you know, whether it be practice or the jam, it it gets easier over time, and I've been seeing that in myself as of late too. Gotcha. You think that plays in the role of kind of that b boy or b girl mentality when it comes to training, and is that same mentality applied when it comes to like? You know taking care of their bodies and their health like when you're getting ready for a competition or if you're like training up to something like that mm-hmm. like what is the mentality just so is it repetition is it exploring movement is it learning new stuff like how does that dynamic look like a lot of it also depend a lot of that actually depends on the kind of b-boy or b-girl that you are and like how you want to approach breaking because breaking isn't isolated to just like competition because it's more it's both something creative and very athletic which is mm-hmm. what i can see why people wanted to get it into the olympics and which it is in the this yeah, year in the junior, junior olympics. olympics yeah so man those kids are freaking crazy <laughs> <laughs> but yeah so like it's it's not just about the competition or preparing for the competition sometimes people can some of the craziest b-boys that you can see are people who aren't really that relevant on the scene because they're either keep to their own and you just happen to come across them and they're like whoa that guy's freaking fresh but like you know where where has he been this entire time you know and yeah but like that you know depends on what you want to do with breaking but in terms of like the competition scene like prepping for that at least personally i don't really <laughs> i haven't been too consistent in terms of like how I structure my uh, how I structure my dance, but usually it's practicing sets, uh, running through things over and over again. But just like constant repetition of almost like say if you're in the urban scene, you constantly repeat the same set of eight counts for however many hours, and same thing goes to breaking. But you know we have limits to what yeah. we can push. How, how long would you say a set is? A uh, set can 
let's say a single set like a set of moves that we pull in a round rounds usually consist between 30 seconds to a minute and a half depending on if you really want to go that long but that's the average right but like uh, a set usually would be maybe 10 to 20 seconds of that depending on like how long that set is and it's just a series of moves that you can say call it your own or something that you have constantly like done that can be used as a transition or something that is just for you to hit on beat and you know you're gonna hit it every single time sure. think of it like like bullets that you for sure have that you don't have to make on the spot it's <laughs> <laughs> true i think a lot of it is um well we when we used to train for battles we would do like we would obviously like you know mock battle with each other yeah, yeah. or we do um or we train for stamina mm-hmm. so it wouldn't necessarily be like Oh, just practice your sets, but we'd be like, all right, let's do like twenty-six steps one way, let's do oh, okay. twenty-six steps another way. Yeah. So, in a sense, like almost like conditioning, mm. you know, because um, you, if you're thinking about performance, you know, it's you're not trying to, you're not trying to peak when you're performing. You're trying to like peak before, and then like bring it down a little bit so you can like bring it back up. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's like you're you're not you're not sitting there hoping that the best you're going to do is it's the, the day, day of. of. Yeah. Right. Right. That's very different from like I don't know. I feel like people that come with traditional like strength or like powerlifting backgrounds yeah. like want to peak at their max lift or power competition yeah. or something. But for dance, it's you want to get it right before. It's a long game. Well, that's that's how I used to think about it. You know, um, I'm not. I'm not completely familiar with things like, you know, periodization, things like that. That's still something I'm looking to pick up on. But for me, my understanding for myself was always like, well, well, with anything, it's like, let's say studying for a test. Mm-hmm. You want to be comfortable with it maybe, what, a, a day or two before? You're not trying to cram stuff in last minute. All right. right. But you know you're always going to cram. Yeah. 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 <laughs> you're always going to try and cram stuff in last minute anyway. But. Sounds like collegiate dance teams uh, the day before the competition. <laughs> oh, what's up, though? Yo, get some sleep, guys. Yeah. How weak is no joke. <laughs> But, um, so yeah, so that's what we would do. We would like run drills with each other. Mm-hmm. Or like um, rounds, like, yeah, run rounds, rounds with each other. Um, preparing for a battle. I would just always like make sure to eat like two or three hours before. Oh yeah. <laughs> because these jams, like depending on the organizer, it can go for go on time, on time or be very late. And that also like plays into like your stamina game. Oh my gosh, <laughs> I'm hungry now. No food on the venue site? Uh, there can be, but it can yeah, be kind of expensive sometimes. But yeah, you're gonna pay yeah. to support the venue, so. <laughs> um, yeah, as I mean, as far as preparation goes, I feel like a lot of it, and what you were saying about set, you know, personal preparation. Yeah. Um, and in terms of uh, creating your sets or creating, I don't really like to call it sets, but I like to call it, you know your own personal vocabulary. Right. And depending on the music that's playing, depending on the vibe, you know, how do you alter? how do you alter your movement how do you alter your timing how do you alter different um, aspects of a certain movement phrase mm-hmm. so it like you know fits with fits with uh, a certain music or fits with like you said hitting the music fits with a certain cue right you know so i can let's say if i had a set that took like an eight count to do you know you you're training yourself to say oh, where can i where can i change my phrase so i can hit the the let's say a cymbal crash on like the next eight count or perhaps a cymbal crash is late so it's on the one instead of the eight and how do you right how do you anticipate it how do you slow it down how do you 
how do you train yourself to know your movement so well that you can adapt to whatever is um, being thrown at you externally? That's true. That's a good way to, to look at it. As far as your guys' personal history with breaking, have you ever gotten hurt during training? And if so, you know what type of injury was it? What was like the outcome? Ah, uh, yes. Breaking injuries are no joke. <laughs> you break and you break. Uh, literally, right? Right, literally. <laughs> there was one time, I think, it was actually, I say, junior, senior year in high school where I was doing um, belly mills. So belly mills are a variation of windmills, uh, which are one of the fun foundation or fundamental power moves that a lot of people can learn. You're rotating at a very low angle, you're actually on your chest rather than being up on your arms and there's very little support when it comes to your, your arms because all the pressure is on your upper chest and upper back area now, at least for the belly mills. So the one time I was like, man, these belly mills are actually getting really good. So I felt very comfortable. So I was like, okay, let's make it faster. So I decided to push it and I pushed the speed a little too fast to the point where I felt a pop on my right leg, I think. So almost like, I guess the groin got either overstretched or the joint kind of just like popped out and popped back in to the point where I was like, okay, I, I think I'm okay, but you know, lo and behold, I'm five minutes later, oh, severe pain to the point where I can't really like, you know, do any power anymore. Can't really do any like m good big movements for a solid like two, three weeks mm. from that. And a lot of it probably stemmed from my overconfidence and <laughs> also uh, the lack of stretching when it comes to like uh, dancing because I've always been like flexible or usually flexible, especially like when I did Taekwondo and a lot of old other sports back in the day and just like constantly being able to touch the floor rather than my toes or like sitting all the way in the straddle or whatever, right? As time and kept going, right, it, the habits kind of just died with the time. So it wasn't stretching as consistently and therefore resulting in that injury of popping the groin, which is never fun. Yeah, that's always been an interesting topic that I've always like thought about where with the nature and like physicality and like speed and power that b-boys have that dynamic between having flexibility and when to like have stiffness and strength you know in different variations of movement because like you have to have a certain level of flexibility to like open up into a flare and get your legs out into like a windmill too but at the same time you need that I don't know that that strength and, and activation of your muscles to keep everything generating that like rotational force to keep you going. I don't know, Rob, what do you think? Um, I think that man, where do I even start with this? It's just <laughs> too like, much. We just yeah, opened up Pandora's box. Right? Like, when yeah. did I get hurt? And, uh, <laughs> yeah. X and X times. Um, I mean, I think that you know we were talking about this earlier too, just before we started recording. But um, the whole thing about how. You know, we understand that you, Aaron, with athletic training and me coming from physical therapy, it's like it's a very structured, it's a very structured thing. There are there are studies that say that you should do this kind of stretch for 30 seconds and no more than 30 seconds. Why? Because if you stretch for longer than 30 seconds, like there are uh, uh, c components in your muscles that control like reflex when they become more relaxed. And so if they right. become more relaxed, you actually lose muscle strength. So then, you know, is, so we, we know that from science and from research that stretching and sitting in splits for something more than like 30 seconds, you're probably increasing your risk for injury because you're actually losing strength in your yeah. muscles if you're you stretching for that long, yeah. right? Um, 
without without a side you know it's like that's just something we understand but then now you're talking about what we were saying um about break-in culture especially in the underground scene where it's very unstructured people come from a people come from obviously like different backgrounds but break-in is something that a lot of these people have used to build confidence they've used it to build their identity they've used it to build their own personal culture so you know who who are we to go all of a sudden to them and say hey you're doing this wrong maybe yeah. you should do this you know it's like that's not um i guess that's not the most optimal way to communicate uh in terms of when it comes to talking about like injury prevention and stuff like that but i i don't really know where i'm going with this i guess i'm just saying that it's you know it's just through practice you know what i mean so for example for myself I know how I need to warm up. I know the process that I need to go through in order to do that, which involves like a, a very specific progression for myself, specific right. to my movement. Maybe if someone knows or can see that that's what I do, then maybe that's something they'll think about. You know, kind of like a just lead by example kind of thing. Yeah. Um, but I mean, I, I definitely think that's like something to, that's something that is needed in not just in the break-in scene in fact like uh a lot of the dance scenes i think could use more education in terms of injury prevention mm -hmm. and decreasing risk of injury but you know it's like how do we how do we talk to that population yeah. in a way that makes sense and doesn't take away from the artistry or doesn't take away from i guess like the the rawness <laughs> the for, for lack of better words right and I kind of want to go off of that in terms of like just for my experience in the uh, urban dance scene where for me like you know stretch like for anyone like same like what rob said stretching and just your own personal routine of easing yourself into like any kind of like intense movement it's it's a very personal thing and when it comes when it came down to it like dancing part of a group or especially on the collegiate side you kind of there's always the, the you know you start off with the beginning stretches to oh, yeah. whatever kind of music they play right the generic group warm-up right so, I'm like, <laughs> so my when i when i was first introduced to that i was like what the heck is going on like whoa okay I, i'm moving this way now i was like oh oh whoa, no i'm gonna lean that way it's like oh I, they stopped next move so yeah like it introducing like and in that moment in those moments of like slight confusion or like just them leading and me being confused at like what's going on that can kind of i can kind of see why like a lot of people would shy away from introducing themselves or allowing people to give more structure to you know the routines of b-boys because it's a certain professionalism that you don't really that it never you know grew up with or never evolved with that kind of professionalism and that kind of goes into like how everyone interpreted or at least the breaking scene interpreted like having breaking in the olympics because it was actually it was never done with like consent of the community it was just it just happened and everyone's like whoa it's there now now what do we do you know and it almost felt like it's almost like treading upon like something that that we everyone holds so dear and not really like giving consideration to it and that's like the hard part being able to i guess customize and individualize this and furthermore empathize empath can't pronounce <laughs> empathize with everyone when it comes to just their own personal routine as well as their own parts in this bigger community yeah i mean from what i remember just 
with breaking being one of like the main tenets of like hip hop itself, it kind of formed and grew up in this kind of like a I don't want to say like disenchanted, but I'm not trying to search for the word, but right. it was definitely like the people that it appealed to and like took on the culture were not the most educated, high class, had the most access to the knowledge yeah. and resources out there. I mean, there. historically, historically breaking, you know, started starting in like 1970s yeah. Bronx, New York, you had this, this was like African-American, Puerto Rican populations, um, socially, politically, culturally disenfranchised mm-hmm. people, and this was a way out for them, you know? And this, this kind of goes back to what I was saying earlier about how the, the general attitude that's, the general attitude that makes hip hop, hip hop, or it makes breaking culture what it is is you know it's it's a sense of defiance it's you're not i don't want to say you know you're sticking it to the man but <laughs> this is this is a way this is a way out for these people you yeah. know and you see a lot of what i'm very inspired by too is just to see uh there's a lot of b-boys in that you know you'll see in movies in la and things like that but a lot of these a lot of these guys before they were in LA, they were making noise in their respective communities, you know, and um, I know for a lot of them, Breakin gave them a career, it gave them a life, and it gave them, you know, how would you say, like, yeah, in some in some sense, you know, almost like financial stability right. in order to, mm. to live a life, to have a family, to have kids, and so um, going back to what you were saying about how it's, it's, like communicating with this population is is interesting because of the lack of structure um i think that's i mean with any kind of healthcare, it's like you can't just expect people to understand what you're saying you need to speak their language mm-hmm. you need to almost like put themselves uh, put yourself in their shoes right um yeah no yeah i definitely agree you know it's kind of one of those things where you know if you're already unfamiliar or people are unfamiliar with you of course you're going to have some misunderstanding communication issues on like the first encounter i mean you know taking it from like a healthcare perspective whenever i see a new patient you know my whole intention is to get to know who this person is what they're about and you know what they're seeking you know where, where they're coming to me because they are in need of something they are whether it's education whether it's um, an exercise, whether whether it's a manual therapy to get them out of pain, disability, whatever it is, you know that that that's that relationship there. But for a, a community itself, that like you're saying is kind of harder to reach because you know maybe to them we are the man. We're part of this whole other organization that, like Dylan was referring to, it's very personalized, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, like whatever. It's kind of like this in like elite sports too, where when you get on that level, there's stuff that that works for that elite level athlete, mm-hmm. and I feel like you have to carry that over to a breaker too because it's their own style. If you change a mechanic, if you uh, change some sort of um, movement dynamic that they have, it may, you know, like you said, alter their artistic expression. It may alter the way they can move or how they've practiced a set for however long to like master that craft so it's kind of it is a really tricky balance Mm -hmm. yeah i mean with with other forms that have more 
that are historically more, you know, uh, have adhered to a specific technique, you know, ballet, for example. Um, granted, there are very different styles of ballet, but generally you kind of have the same form going yeah, back vocabulary like 400 is, years, is, is, yes. right? But break-in, you know, this is, like you said, it's very individual, it's very personal. Very new still. It's yeah, old, very 30 years new. Old, 30 years old, roughly. Um, so then it's like, you know, approaching, it's it's kind of hard to just like put things in a, it's, it's very hard to kind of put things in a box and say like all this applies to all b-boys, yeah, you know, true. or b-girls. Um, I think stretching enough is something, you know, concepts you can kind of, <laughs> concepts you can talk about, but, yeah. you know, it's, it's, um, I guess I'm just saying that when it comes to talking, uh, co- talking to people, especially B-boys or B-girls about breaking or, uh, breaking safely and breaking to, uh, decrease, uh, injury risk, it's less of a, um, you know, step-by-step thing to follow. And it's more of a building of self-awareness. Mm-hmm. You know, if you know what your movement is like, then, you know, let let us give you the concepts and let us give you the tools to be able to break down your own movement, you know. So, I guess that's what I have to say about that. <laughs> <laughs> Mic drop, everybody. But yeah, no, it's, that's pretty good. I mean, for you, Dylan, coming uh, just with your eight years of training about eight years of training eight years plus or minus you know some off time in between and you know <laughs> the usual stuff yeah um so with that like in your career so far right would you say that you've had to like pick up some self-awareness when it comes to like injury prevention like how did you come to learn about this stuff and if you were to go back or not go back but like if you had access to somebody that had the knowledge what would be some questions that you would like want to ask another healthcare provider on how uh, things could have been prevented or how you would have been able to optimize you know your your artistic form whether it was like completing a certain power move mm-hmm. or eating right or what were those what, what was like going through your head when you're trying like I'm trying to break right now and like do it for a long time all right so if I had access to such knowledge, I would be like, okay, hey, why is this hurting? Please, please, <laughs> yeah. please tell me how, why am I in pain right now? <laughs> uh, but uh, to be honest, like there was one, there's a certain move that I kind of do where I wrote, I'm rotating on a, on a pivot and that pivot is my foot on the side. So it's not, you're not rotating on your heel. You're not like pivoting on your, the balls of your feet. My, your foot turns to the side and you're rotating. And that's like a spin that I've actually gotten used to and develop the strength and the flexibility to do so so of course like with any like unique move that anyone wants to try to make it comes with trial the process of trial and error error being you being either injured hurt or like strained at one point right so at that time i probably would have like wanted to i guess realize faster or realize before actually attempting anything like the the danger or the risk of when it comes to like certain mo- certain movements that are beyond our natural range of motion mm. and especially where b-boys and b-girls like when it comes to like wrist flexibility we are actually very flexible because it's actually very natural for people to not be able to hold their hand like on i guess flexing it all the way up back at a 90 degree angle so wrist extension yeah the wrist extension which <laughs> <laughs> some people you know lose over time but 
but uh, not pointing any fingers. <laughs> but no, it, I would say I would say my left is actually more flexible than my right. But oh, that's because yeah. I've always weight bear on my left. Oh, okay, yeah. So there you go. But, but, yeah. but anyway, yeah, like so. it's 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 something that that with through trial and error you get used to. But there's all there's a very high risk, which a lot of people don't realize until it's too late. You know. So when it comes to those kinds of movement, that kind of movement, I wouldn't want anyone to say I can't do it. But at least let me give me the I guess scope on how I can do it and if I can try what should I do to either ease myself into it or maybe help mitigate the pain if there is already pain existing mm. those are really good points I feel like most people or not most people but like if you were to go to like a general healthcare provider that maybe wasn't familiar with uh, this type of athlete performer whatever you want to call yourself they just probably say, yeah, just stop. Just don't try yeah, that. Just just ice, 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 ice and rest. Ice and rest. Ice right. and rest. Don't See do it. Later. Stop. Go Take home. a break. <laughs> just like take a week off. <laughs> no, just don't dance for six months. You'll be fine after that. All right. <laughs> I need like that red buzzer. Like, goes... <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll do that next time. <laughs> I'll have a little like setup for the, all the audio cues and whatnot. It's like, beep. It's like, oh, okay. But yeah. 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 And like. No, I think I'm done with this one. So. Yeah, that's, that's good. I uh, know. I thought I thought I saw like a a twinkling in like Rob's eyes as as you were like speaking. So I don't get any more to uh, add to that. Dylan being inspirational. Hey. <laughs> Not really. No. <laughs> no. I mean, I I, I, uh, I don't know. There were there was a lot of things that were said. I'm trying to gather my thoughts here. Um, gather quickly. <laughs> I feel like with. I mean, I, I was the same way. I mean, I had my fair share of injuries too. I actually, fra I fractured a toe um, Ouch. from being too tired, you know, and but thinking to myself, like, it's okay. If I believe in anything, I can do it. But, <laughs> believe it. Yeah. So I believed and then I tried like one last windmill and slammed my foot into the ground and fractured a toe. So I was on God crutches damn. for uh, for six weeks. And that was most of my summer in high school, one of my years of high school. Oh, man. Um, what did I do? I mean, I from doing coin drops, I've, like, slammed my shoulder into the ground, like, oh, multiple man. times. Um, I've definitely had some, like, weird popping things happen in my knee before. Um, no, I feel you. It, it happens yeah. to me right now. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, and so it's... Um, so I feel like all those things... <clears throat> all those things have definitely contributed to, like, me wanting to learn more about the body, which ultimately led me to this path mm -hmm. um but i think you know listening to you talk it's so funny because i i feel like i i i hear myself saying those same things to myself like yeah, damn like, i wish I, I, yeah <laughs> i wish i knew that and then you know and it's not even like this wasn't even like when i was beginning this was like um pretty like i was i was already dancing professionally at yeah. one point and so um there was one situation where i had i was i was practicing swipe flares Oh, yeah. And this was a move I had done like, you know, a thousand times and I was comfortable with it. Right. But for whatever reason, during this like one moment, I just, yeah, uh, my, uh, I just had like a crazy back spasm that didn't go away for like two weeks. Oh, damn. Yeah. And so, um, I was, I was basically like laying down for a week and a half and then I, I couldn't like stand up. I had to like push my push my hands on my knees up my thighs in order to like lift my sh lift my trunk um so no but we all good now so we're good <laughs> but um yeah I, I think there's you know there, there's definitely a lot to do and in, in terms of 
um, going back to the whole awareness side of things, it's like, yeah, if you know that you train a lot of power, maybe start simple. So uh, an example would be for myself, um, before I do any kind of power or even before I do any kind of stuff on my head, I do um, coin drops on my head, but like both ways, you know? So that way, what am I thinking about there? I'm thinking about putting some weight on my neck muscles. I'm thinking about rotating through and I'm thinking about um, if, you're, if you're doing a coin drop, you know how if you're, you're flipping up onto your back, but in order to pop back up, you have to kind of bend your legs in in order to kick back out. Mm -hmm. Right. So uh, I'm also kind of moving my hips and I'm also moving my low back, you know, so in my in my mind, I mean, at this point at my mind, that's what I'm thinking about. But I'm just saying that uh, progressively uh, loading, I guess, your 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 body is one one place to start, you know, so even something as simple as like, let me do a a coffee grinder to a two-step to a three-step to a four-step to five to six maybe like uh, seven all the way up to like 12 step you know um, so you're you're preparing your body for what you're about to do right we can just like start there mm -hmm. do you think that's like a, does that come across as like a common thought when you're starting or do people I got people, but I guess like when you just are in the breaking lifestyle that you're just more concerned about executing the movement. That's, I guess, that's a pretty big point of concern, especially when it comes to, since it's a very competitive scene, I just, I guess in general, especially with like choreography too, there was always a constant push, not whether it be for perfection or just simply to get the move. And that's where a lot of the awareness kind of just goes either out the window or was never introduced so that they can actually do it at a very, in a more sick with better awareness, but also more safety involved. Yeah. Which is why like for, especially like when it comes to like breaking down the move, I learned that over time, especially when learning a move called a 1990 spin, which is, <laughs> <laughs> which is a, a spin where you're spinning on your one hand you know, after transitioning into a handstand, right? So they're always, especially with that move, there's always like, I guess if you can put it in words, an off day, an off day where one day you were doing the move completely fine. And then like the day after you try to go for it and it just doesn't get, doesn't just go through. It just, you fall, you crash, or it just doesn't translate enough so that you can actually execute the move. Mm. So from that, I was like, why am I doing this? So from after like several days, they're just trying to gun the move and just go for it. I realized, okay, maybe, you know, take my time, take a step back, look at it again, and break it down from just simply getting into the handstand and just letting the momentum carry myself so that I'm not forcing the spin and losing my balance in that sense. Because this move is a very balance-heavy, but also, you know, to a certain degree, strength-heavy move. And if you don't have the balance if established at first, you'll, you'll lose it completely. That's so true. Yeah, so that, and then also when it comes, like, referencing what I just mentioned before about constantly pushing the envelope, whether it be for your own, like, in terms of your own personal stamina, strength, so on and so forth, it becomes very dangerous for those who, like, I, I respect a lot of those who constantly push to, you know, strive to get that move, to constantly practice day in, day out, but there comes to a point where we either have to, you know, take a step away and rest, or just 
approach it in a different way, which a lot of people either are can be sometimes too stubborn to do it, which I've been guilty of myself, <laughs> or just not un, or not never been advised otherwise, never given the opportunity because they don't really see it. You know, that's true. Yeah, I was pretty lucky when to to have Rob as my teacher back then because I remember this like vague flashback I had when. I was watching like B-Boy Big and just like the amount of power moves that he had that I probably came into class one day and I was like, Rob, can you teach me how to do like jumping on one hand (laughs) (laughs) Ah, or like something like that and you know, I'm probably just like throwing my like low back into the air and Rob's probably like, just, just stop, like you need to master (laughs) the basics first. (laughs) Yeah, I I mean, like I, and I agree with what you were saying, Dylan, about like pushing the envelope and I think, you know going back to the the reason why I fractured my toe you know right. it's like you just you just want to go um but that that's another thing and I, I think it doesn't have to necessarily be um like you don't have to feel like uh like I mean breaking that it's a marathon it's not like you know if you don't get this move by the end of the day it's not over it's, it's always you the know? long game it's always the long game yeah and there's um and like you said you know it's like thinking about thinking about um I feel like I kind of keep going back to like this whole idea of awareness, but I think this is you know a, a pretty big topic that I, I that I am pushing because I want I do want people to be more aware of the way they move, of how they move, and what their movement is like, and how they can structure a warm up that's specific to them. But what you're saying about pushing the envelope, um, I I think back to when I was learning halos, and how. Um, if you don't know what Halo is, uh, like, look it up on YouTube. It yes. is freaking Halo. Gnarly. This is not the game. <laughs> no, not the game. But um, so this move, to me, the way I ended up breaking it down for myself was um, one was to really, uh, it's kind of hard to explain just through, without visuals, but it, it involved it involved pushing through my neck, pushing through my arm, and kicking at the same time. And so it was trying to figure out how how I could do all three of these things, all three of these things at the same time. It would be like I when I was practicing this move and first learning it, I'd do like two but forget one, and so I was unsuccessful. But then, you know, going back to what you were saying, you know, letting the momentum carry you instead of trying to force it. I mean, I think as b boys, we all uh, b boys or breakers, b girls, what have you, we all de- develop this kind of awareness. But it's like how often do we really like sit down to really think about like what's happening right you know efficiency and conservation of like our conservation of energy that's totally a thing physics okay (laughs) um so so i just want yeah i mean i just wanted to like reiterate that um what were we talking about i feel like we're just keep this is this is good stuff like this is quality content you can't find it anywhere else i mean at least to my knowledge (laughs) yeah i mean yeah we're here yeah all right um so going back to you know to maybe there's a b-boy b-girl listening right now um that is listening to this because they want to do something with how they're training with how they're taking on their health and um and then looking to improve their craft not just in a technical way but in other ways um so i know we were talking earlier about like injury prevention things we wish we would have known earlier on in our training um before we got hurt before we got hurt you know (laughs) what are are those what are those tips 
ideas. I, I know for sure Rob's going to say number one is self-awareness. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you know, like... Word of the day is how awareness. Do you, yeah, but, like, breaking down self-awareness, like, what what is that process? Like, how does, at least in your terms, how does one become self-aware of the practice? You know, how do you, how do you cultivate that? Long pause for Long pause. Long, long pause. Um, Pondering. It's, Pondering. I mean, I think that's something that came to me over time where I realized a, let's say, for example, a significant portion of my vocabulary had a lot to do with like, um, well, actually, you know what? This, this kind of started as a mini exercise for myself. So I've been breaking like one direction for forever and I... Even before I went into PT school, I definitely felt a lot of imbalance. Obviously, more flexible one side than to the other. I lean to one side more than the other. I'm stronger on one side more than the other. Um, I can turn like my shoulders one way more than the other. And so I was already aware of that. Um, I think, and then when I went into PT school and then I learned about all the mechanics and things like that, and you're like, oh my God, I definitely feel it now. It's just like, you know, confirmed my, <laughs> confirmed my thoughts. And so for me, um, learning how to break the other direction after like 10 plus years of breaking one direction was that's probably tough um, I mean it, it's weird because it kind of like takes you back you like you in your in your brain you 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 know what to do you know what it's supposed to look like but it, it doesn't feels, feel quite right it feels yeah. completely different you know it's 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 like you know after you know, trying to write with your left hand after you've been writing with your right hand. Or just like learning a baby freeze for the first time ever again. Exactly. You know, and I think um, that's when it really hit me in terms of um, awareness. So instead of just like learning to, uh, let's say like, instead of like baby freeze, right? Let's just like, like just straight jumping into it. Um, I started very simple with like a plank freeze with both of my feet on the ground and just getting used to weight being on my arm Mm. you know so it isn't just about the end product but it's about how you get there right and so then um what happened was and it's the same thing too where i'm i'm much better on one shoulder than i am on my other shoulder and so then you know i would practice one side and then immediately um jump onto the other side just to see what it would feel like and to kind of see if there'd be any kind of uh, like knowledge transfer between the two, shall we say? Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's when it started. When I really started really thinking about like what my movement was like and what I needed to do to to properly warm up. Um, so it it wasn't it wasn't just about like hey let me top rock for like you know fifteen minutes. Let me get like a little bit a little bit warm. Let me get like <laughs> yeah, you gotta be sweating if you're warm. Yeah, exactly. You know. So, so for myself, that's where it started from. It was because I was trying to learn, um, I was trying to learn movement I already knew, but in like a, on a completely different side that I started to really like break things down. And once I started really breaking things down, like that slowly became my warm up. I don't know if that makes any sense. Hey, it's going to make sense to somebody else. (laughs) Yeah. So, so, um, yeah, I don't know. I, and, it, you know, sometimes, like, sometimes you you think to yourself, like, when I was younger, I'd be like, oh, you know, I don't need to do that. That's, like, really easy. Like, baby freeze is easy. Like, da, da, da. But now, to me, like, doing a baby freeze, even just, like, simple baby freeze transitions or even just, like, uh, baby freeze to headstand down, it's, like, 
um, you're, you're, you're priming yourself. Do you know what I mean? You're like waking up those muscles so yeah. they know what to do instead of like, oh, okay, I just got to this practice. All right, let me just do a straight power combo right now. <laughs> yeah. Because I see that, you know, and I, and I, that's, and that's okay because, I mean, that's, that might seem okay for some people because they're younger. They don't really like feel it all that much, but like I'm, I'm 33. So like, I'm definitely feeling it a lot more than I used to. I started feeling everything at 27. That was the year I was like, ooh, ooh. I need knee pads now. Case study. Yeah. And one right there. <laughs> yeah. But it, it's, it's, you know, it's kind of cool because um, a lot of the OGs are, are talking about needing to take care of your body. Um, you know, there's a lot, there are a lot of b-boys out there. Uh, we mentioned Poen before, but also uh, Storm. You know, these guys are, are, I believe they're in their 40s, like late 30s, if not really 40s. Yeah. So, and, and they're still dancing like, like so smoothly. You know what I mean? That's true. And that's, and I swear that's because that they're, I'm sure they're taking care of themselves somehow, or there's some kind of, they're, they're doing something because they want to keep doing this, mm-hmm. you know? Um, yeah. Cool. Yeah, I think for any, you know, movement professional listening there right now, if there is any interest in getting into you know what this culture and scene is about i would definitely say that first step is to learn what it feels like on your own body and like try the movement uh you know connect with somebody whether it's like a team studio a group um to kind of observe and look at it because the knowledge that you have with you know, muscles, anatomy, uh, joint loading, all that stuff, you know, that, that knowledge can be applied to this, you know, movement is movement. You just got to know what the progressions are, how they stack up, what the uh, biomechanics are of that movement. And then you can actually create an intervention to help somebody with that. Right. I mean, you're, you're looking at, I mean, as a, as a physical therapist, what we would be looking at is what are the specific demands of the movement? So, um, obviously the demand of a ballet dancer is going to be very different from that to a b-boy, even, um, something like, uh, something that seems very similar. So, uh, break-in versus capoeira, you know, that is, even that is very different in terms of the demand, in terms of the um, movement initiation, in terms of um, how, you know, how somebody executes their movement. That's, it's all going to come down to specifics. And I think the hard part about dancers is that, you know, we put such a big emphasis on individual style. So you're not only breaking it down on a technical level, now you're also breaking it down on a level that's personal and individual Mm -hmm. to whoever, you know, whoever it is I'll be seeing or treating, you know, if, if someone has a lot of flexibility, that's going to be very different from somebody who has, uh, I don't know. I can't think of an example. Not that flexible. Not that flexible. (laughs) Sure. Yeah. You know, um, yeah. So it's, it's, you know, and like, and it keeps going back to what Dylan, you were saying about how, um, this, this dance form and a lot of other dance forms are very personal. You know, so, and then it goes back to the whole awareness thing again. Oh, <laughs> how do you move, so. right? It's like, if you understand how you move, you can better prepare yourself to move. 
And if you understand how you move, then you can better communicate to, let's say, if something does happen and you have to go see a healthcare professional, then you can you're able to communicate much better to them, right? Granted, they have to understand as well. So, um, but I mean, for yourself to you know to keep to keep the people that are supposed to be taking care of you accountable, it's like you have to understand that too. That's true. You know, you have to understand the demand. You have to understand like what kind of stresses you put your body through. Yeah, there's there's an ownership into yes. taking care of yourself and to taking care of your health. Because if you really want to do this long term, like you said, and not be feeling it so much at 33, <laughs> you, know, you got to take you you got to look for the information. Yeah, we're, right. we're not made of a uh, magic and rubber bands anymore. <laughs> no, not anymore. <laughs> All right. Um, so this is a we're gonna kind of switch gears a little bit, but kind of based on what we're talking about, what kind of change? would you like to see in this breaking community when you like look five years in the future say so you're going to go back and you know watch a watch a cypher go down or go watch a practice what what type of change would you like to see there and i guess for me right now it's more of just seeing more people be involved with the scene not only the scene but just in the area in general whether it be like uh, in a school, in the local area, dance studio, community center, anywhere really, because it's as I've seen like throughout college, um, I was so I'm the former president of uh, the Cal Poly Pomona like a breaking club, or Polytechnique Breakers if you want to put it that way. Uh, but I think, to be honest, might be the last one, because it's it's very hard uh, to be a b boy, and not only is it both creatively difficult but also physically very difficult too which is why a lot of people don't really want to pick it up because man it's 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 a very big learning curve when it comes to getting into the scene and for at least from what my i've heard one of my friends summarize like it takes at least a good year to get relatively decent whether it be on the local self or just anywhere else and that's the what a lot of people don't really want to put time in and that's you know that's the hard part and with that in mind like because there's so much time strength like you know pain the emotional investment when it comes to breaking that scares a lot of people away and therefore like a lot of we don't there's always like some kind of generational gap when it comes to seeing uh, the progression of like breaking transferred down through the generations so like mm-hmm. for me personally i don't really see a lot of high schoolers when i was in college like picking up breaking anymore at least for my local high school I don't really see much of that. It's usually either popping, urban, or anything not breaking. <laughs> and like I've like I do teach like a private lesson to this one kid, and it's kind of refreshing to see that I'm able to at least whether it be I'm I may not be as knowledgeable as some other people depending on you know, of course in breaking, but to still be able to have the opportunity to give knowledge to someone younger than me is both a very honorable thing. And also very a blessing in a sense, so that we keep the culture alive. And that's very, it's very saddening when I don't see like people, a lot of people who are younger than me, or it's just, oh man, I'm kind of going inside over here. But <laughs> it's hard for me seeing that breaking doesn't trans. It's hard for people to pick it up, and also, or I guess there aren't as many opportunities for people to pick it up because, like, because breaking, as we mentioned before, is such a competitive scene. 
you don't really see a lot of teachers more of just me on my own and just mm. I'm trying to get there and whoever's in my way you know they're gonna get beat out it's very hard to find such nurturing um, environments for people to progress or just to be introduced to breaking so again back to the idea like oh, I don't see a lot of high schoolers but I do see more kids picking it up at least you know when going to jams I do see more and more kids coming out and just watching in addition to a lot of kids being you know smoking other people on the scene smoking not like you know physically breathing in smoke but you know, <laughs> taking them down and like beating them in the dance battle or whatever right in the cypher but yeah it's it's a very how about this it's very uncertain to see where breaking at least on in the local scene here for me where it will go mm. and that's what I hope like to for it to bring out is to be able to give people more access and to be able to have people have more opportunities to be nurtured and I guess educated rather than just you know be intimidated by the sheer you know willpower you need just to keep going because a lot of b-boys like and me personally it took me a, a lot of time before I was able to like put my foot down and say hey I'm gonna improve I'm gonna do better I'm gonna be better and I'm gonna actually practice to do that and it all comes down to you know are you willing to practice well, yeah and it kind of goes back to what we were saying earlier about how, you know, when did you decide to be a b-boy or right. when did you decide to be a breaker? It's like, yeah, it doesn't ever really happen. It kind of, it, it happens, but it's, you know, after you've, like you said, put in the work. Um, I think it's kind of interesting that you mentioned the thing about how uh, there's, you know, kid, no, I mean, I don't really know. I'm out of the scene. <laughs> or at least that I'm not, I'm not as connected to like the younger generations now, but what you were saying about how, um, you know, kids are afraid to like make that commitment or from what you've been seeing as a teacher, I suppose. Um, but there's also like so much out there now, you yeah. know, cause for me it was like, I saw breaking and I was like, that's the only thing I saw. But now there's like, you know, there's like a new dance fad coming out every month. Oh uh, yeah. That's true. I don't even know. Like viral <laughs> videos everywhere, you know, like that kind All of these stuff. social dances. Exactly. Out. There's, there's, there's a lot going on. So, you know, it just... It just comes down to to whether or not to, to what what kids like latch onto or yeah, what they ease, feel ease like. Access that's the big thing. Yeah, exactly. Um, Which so yeah, breaking so, is generally not easy. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's it's not. You know, um, I wonder if that's a cultural thing too. Like just that the fact that it's not easy is the reason why it's just not getting picked up because you can learn like what the shoot and like the orange julius thing like so easily fortnite what's up right <laughs> hey sponsor us fortnite uh, um, uh, epic games at epic. least blizzard too if you want <laughs> hashtag blizzard um good thing this is not monetized yeah <laughs> yeah so i don't know it's it's just interesting and fr coming from you know from uh, somebody who has experienced breaking from like 90s to now well like tail end of 90s to now it's like it's been very interesting to see the 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 role that technology and media and like you said like with all the increased accessibility it's like where where where's all the where's the focus you know and yeah. how how that has changed uh people's perception of i guess in this case breaking but um how it's also elevated breaking in so many different ways you know um Let's see. What was your original question? Oh, what I what I would like to see um, yeah. the change in the future. I just I mean, like as 
as a as a healthcare person, I suppose, like being able to see more more wellness be incorporated, you know, at least more knowledge with like injury prevention. Um, I know with a lot of what we talk about in school is, you know, we have to speak in like layman's terms. I can't get all like super technical and like sciency on somebody if I want people to understand. But at the same time, I think that as dancers, if we are to be experts in ourselves and our movement, you know, that it almost behooves you to kind of to take the initiative to kind of understand a little more. You know, I think that dancers are very capable of understanding that. I've heard a lot of, I've heard a lot of uh, just anecdotally, um, you know, people going through college programs and talking about maybe a certain like anatomy or kinesiology course and how like, like, yeah, they took it for their major, but they don't feel like they really like learn anything. And in my mind, I'm like, what? No way. Like that's, that's like the perfect place, you know? So I don't know if there's, um, there's some kind of, uh, there needs to be a shift in the way dancers are taught anatomy or kinesiology, or if there's a way to make anatomy and kinesiology relevant to what dance is now, Mm. because everything is so dynamic and it's like, you don't, you don't, no one dances just one style anymore. Everyone's like a quadruple threat. You know what I mean? So all styles. Exactly. Yeah. So, and this is not to knock, this is not to knock the people teaching these, uh, these courses or anything. I think this is just a general observation that I have made and and which is what has also inspired me to want to connect science and research to to the dance community and like how how can we get the this population to apply it and then I mean like Aaron you're doing a really great job of trying to like pass that knowledge and you're working with all these teams and you're working with a lot of these like dance camps and whatnot so I mean that's knowledge out there you know like you said you're doing it man you're doing it yeah and then just from a personal point of view, I think break-in is, for what it is now, yes, it's a very dynamic dance. It's a very, like, uh, it's a very flashy kind of, like, visual. Uh, that's because it, it, Yeah, it yeah. gives people that flashy visual input, you yeah, know? That's, that's because people excited. only notice the flashy stuff. Like, it's high. <laughs> yeah. Have you seen, like, World of Dance? Oh, like, Footwork. Like, and I, I, see, I see that backflip right there. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, I think that in break-in is a representation of a time it's a representation of uh culture and it's a it's a represent representation of like a lifestyle and i think that um you know learning the history and learning the the intention of the dance i think that's probably something i would like to see more of and i see a lot of people doing it i know like Arnell teaches his like H the H four. Uh, like history has roots. Something. History has roots. Is that what that is? Or hip-hop I forget. Roots. I should know. Steezy this. with their uh, their clarification between like hip hop, where it came from, whatnot, was, like or like breaking yes. versus freestyling, whatnot. That's yeah, I, I just I just think that if if you're a if you're a practitioner of these dance forms, you have a responsibility to know where it came from, and you have a responsibility to make sure that the information you pass on is correct. You know, especially in the realm of choreography, I mean, you're basically getting to the point where this is like individual styles, oh, yeah. which is fine, but, you know. But even the movement in choreography stems from older dance forms. Yes. It's like an amalgamation. You know, of... like you, you can, you can, we're, we're still at a point in time where you can attribute specific dance moves to specific people. 
right? That's true. So, yeah. uh, at least in terms of breaking, it's like um, CCs or uh, Crazy Commandos crew, yeah, yeah. right? Or um, dang, I don't know. There's like a whole bunch. Or let's say like locking. You can go back to the originators of locking, or like popping, or even like um, uh, boogaloo styles. You can go back to yeah. the electric boogaloos, right? Um, so I think uh, that that's just like a like a personal thing where you know if you're a dancer it's important to know the movement but also know where that movement came from yeah. know what inspired that movement and um you know and then and then it's up to you where you want to take that how do you know knowing that you've been inspired by other people how are you going to be the inspiration to others yeah aspire to inspire Ooh, what's up though yes. <laughs> Put that in quotation marks. <laughs> make an Instagram post yeah, of that. Trademark it. All right. <laughs> that is some good, good yeah. stuff, man. That's awesome, guys. Well, uh, wow, we've we've been talking for for a little bit, haven't we? We've been talking for. I can't really see the time, but no, I think. Oh wow, it's a solid hour and a half. Look at that! <laughs> Holy moly, just time flies by here in, in this little studio. Then again, right. the edit will probably chop the down below an hour and a half. So <laughs> at this point, I don't know where it is. <laughs> All right. So just, you know, wrapping things up, like, thank you again, Rob, for coming through and, you know, being oh, able to sh- share knowledge with us. And Dylan, you know, you're mastermind behind all the audio stuff but it's great to like, get your voice in on this episode as well of course thank you thank you for letting me be a voice on this podcast and for putting up with this uh very how about this macgyvered setup of a small audio studio thing <laughs> yeah we're we're literally uh just to give our listeners a kind of point of view we've got like this small black table we've got like three laptops on here dylan's got his double desktops on another table ahead of us. We've got a mic in the middle of this small table, and we're kind of just whispering in. Just we're also in a bedroom. We're also in a bedroom. Yep. With this, this uh, my bedroom. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Dylan could, he can also change the color of his light bulbs. Okay, I think that's incredible. Uh, I've never seen that. Technology. <laughs> technology. Science. <laughs> all right, all right. How can our listeners uh, reach out to both of you, whether it's like if you have social media, website, what's the best way? Um, so myself and uh, another dancer slash physical therapist now, um, Dr. Chad Van Ramshorst. We Ooh, what a name. <laughs> Let me say that again, Dr. Chad Van Ramshorst. <laughs> we uh, we run a Instagram account, and you can find us at Dance Prehab. Uh, we also have a website, danceprehab.com, and you can find our services on there. We provide physical therapy services. We also provide um, several workshops of your liking. If you'd like to go check them out, you can see little uh, breakdowns of the workshops and services we offer. So, I mean, our goal really is just to try and, um, like I said, been saying, <laughs> increase the awareness of the dancer. You know, a lot of people say you, uh, what, don't dance, don't dance harder, dance smarter. Mm. But we like to say, dance smarter so you can dance harder. Hey, but um, bumps. <laughs> where's the where's the button? <laughs> <laughs> I know. So yeah, so you you can you can find us there. You know, and you know this is not just related to um you know if you have a dance injury or or 
are looking to rehab from something. If you're a dancer that is interested in pursuing a healthcare professional route, either physical therapy or I guess with Aaron, athletic training, um, or anything, you know, f uh, feel free to fire away and uh, drop a line, say hi, and we can always get a discussion going. Exactly. We got other connects too. So. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, check out their website. It is beautiful. It is immaculate. <laughs> Wait, was it designed with Squarespace? Okay, maybe not that beautiful. No, it was actually the X theme on WordPress. Oh, okay. Maybe not that beautiful. Pretty solid. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty solid. So. All right, all right. All right, Dylan. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Not much of a... Well, I do dabble in the social media arts. So you can probably just contact me on, you know, your typical Facebook. Find, find Dylan Nguyen. I'm not gonna try to pronounce my name the actual Vietnamese way because I've, I've tried teaching people. It's not fun. Hey, someone <laughs> might get it this time. Uh, have you <laughs> Have you heard? Anyway, yeah, uh, my, I guess Insta would be the best way. Just, you know, Flippin' Chronicles, at Flippin' Chronicles. Uh, Flippin' spelled with two P's and then Chronicles spelled Chronicles, all one word. Flippin' Chronicles. Repeat, Flippin' Chronicles. I do appreciate the followers. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Shameless plug. But uh, you can contact me, me there, and uh, yeah, that's mainly it for me. Cool. All right, and then you know, you know where to find us. We are the Offset Podcast on Instagram as Offset.med. So keep up with us in the episodes. And once again, thank you to thank you all for listening. This was amazing. This was a really long, thorough conversation that I hope you guys got a lot of good information out of. And if you have any other suggestions, recommendations, questions, just feel free to contact us as well. Drop a DM, you know, message us on Facebook. We got Facebook. Send page us an well. audio message on Anchor too. Yeah, on that platform mainly. If you're using Anchor, you can do that. Um, we also got the approval. We're on Apple Podcasts too. That's legit. That's legit, right? So we're <laughs> on Spotify, Google Play, and Apple. Like no SoundCloud. No, 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 not as official. SoundCloud, oh. <laughs> I feel like SoundCloud now, you like use it to like listen to people's mixes. That's true. <laughs> hey, check out my mixtape. <laughs> <laughs> Dropping soon. All right, cool. Thanks, guys. Appreciate Thank you. It. Right. Peace out, y'all. <laughs>